we flash back to a controversial climate musical. We've got a former CEQ leader on the line, and Trump's budget is going nowhere. This is the climate lead. I'm Evan Lehman, editor of ClimateWire. I'm Robin Bravender, deputy editor of ClimateWire. As we prepare for the budget's release, we brought in Josh Kurtz, our politics reporter and former longtime editor of E&E Daily. He's seen plenty of budget proposals that have gone nowhere. Josh, what's one of the most fun budget stories you remember from years uh, past? I, I have remember. One. I do. Re I do remember one. I mean, I do remember one year under Obama, the budget came out on Valentine's Day, mm. and that just like, <laughs> I mean, just what a bummer. Uh, so I have a good story. All right. So last year I was covering the White House, and I was at the press briefing with Mulvaney, you know, during this budget process, and I asked him. You know how you know what the White House treatment on climate programs would be, and sort of unsolicited, he brought up the Great Immensity, which is this musical produced in in New York City in Brooklyn for seven hundred thousand dollars from the National Science Foundation, and and then he asks me, "Do you think that's a waste of your money?" <laughs> you know, which which was you know sort of the whole world was watching. I, the, whole, the whole world was watching. So yeah. I you know I probably rolled my eyes and you know delayed without saying anything because what can a journalist say to that right there's no safe answer if only you knew some of the songs from the musical yeah you could have sung one. I could have broke out and sung yeah that. as it turns out yeah we got that musical guy on the line Steve Cosson is a playwright in Brooklyn would you mind um, giving us just a maybe like a one-line synopsis of the play the play follows a, a woman in pursuit of of her husband who has disappeared from an island in Panama. And so it's a bit of a, a mystery story. And as she kind of retraces his steps, she discovers that, that he was part of a, a kind of activist plot that was um, connected to the upcoming Paris conference. Here's a snippet from the musical. As man's impact on Earth threatens peace in our time, this is the Declaration of the United Nations. Human rights must be asserted. Natural resources maintained. Wildlife must be safeguarded. Pollution must be better contained. You know what was you know what was your reaction when you started hearing the White House talk about your your musical? Oh wow, you were that guy. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I I saw that clip. I thought of the story that that the story had passed. You know, our our grant had been had been finished. You know, several years previously, the grant had had become something of a of a punching bag. It was sort of a set up to be to be useful in that it was it was both arts arts funding and climate science funding combined. Yeah. Um, so it it had two aspects of of what conservatives consider to be unworthy of support. The discomfort that I experienced was 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 really my my fear that they may be successful in in curtailing future 
you know, science funding or climate science funding or, or arts funding. Do you have any really neat anecdotes about someone actually changing their mind on climate change after they saw your show or anything like that? Early on, I think we decided uh, that, you know, our target audience was not climate deniers. Like, we, we weren't intending to, to try to persuade people uh, that had zero belief in, in climate change. Um, and and that audience was fairly unlikely to show up at a nonprofit theater, at least in significant numbers. Um, and that really the goal of the show was to move audience members who you know, believe that climate change is real. We wanted to inspire people to to feel a sense of empowerment. I mean, I think first and foremost, believe that that positive change is possible. Okay. Tune tune out of the budget hearings this, <laughs> this year. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> See ya. Okay, bye. So that was a musical, man. Josh, do you think we're going to get more climate attacks this year? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more of that. You know, I mean, the, the administration thinks that, you know, the regulatory rollback is a winner for them. And, um, you know, we're certainly already hearing about severe cuts to, to, to clean energy spending, for example, in the energy department. It's funny about, about members of Congress because I, I think any administration can only go so far in sort of proposing cuts because you'll even get pushback within your own party to a degree. I think there are a lot of Republicans in Congress who share the president's skepticism uh, about climate change, who don't really feel like it needs to be addressed you know, who hate regulations, that sort of thing. But, you know, if you represent the Houston area, you don't want cuts to NASA, even if that means, you know, cutting a climate satellite. You know, um, you, know you don't want cuts to NOAA. I mean, you know, there, there, are, there are sort of sacred cows, so. And what we've seen actualized is that Congress isn't actually passing these right. cuts that the administration has proposed. Right. Um, and Not we're just funding many, yeah. the government through CRs. Do you expect that to continue? This just sort of another round of what we saw next year. I don't. I don't. I, frankly, I don't. I don't see how or when the budget process is ever going to be fixed. So the answer is yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for coming. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Next up, we've got former CEQ leader Christy Goldfuss, who headed that agency in the Obama White House. Uh, we called her to ask what she thinks about the withdrawal of Kathleen Hartnett White's nomination to lead CEQ. Hartnett White is a former dog breeder. She loves small dogs, and she's also a former Texas regulator who openly criticizes mainstream climate science. That didn't go over well during her confirmation hearing, and Democrats saw an opportunity to pounce. Over the weekend, news reports started coming out that Kathleen Hartnett White had withdrawn her nomination. We called Christy Goldfuss, the former leader of the Council on Environmental Equality under President Obama. She's now at the Center for American Progress. You know, what role does the CEQ chair play on climate change specifically? The CEQ chair and the whole office altogether is really an extension of the West Wing and is responsible for driving the president's agenda across the federal government. So when it came to climate change, I can speak to my experience in the Obama administration, climate change impacts so many different parts of our lives. So you're talking about many different departments and agencies. And the importance of the chair is to work with those uh, agencies and the leadership in those agencies, EPA, the Department of the Interior, uh, the Department of Agriculture, 
um, NOAA, many other agencies to make sure that they're making progress at every, every level to combat climate change. So what would happen in an administration that doesn't necessarily acknowledge climate change? What does the CEQ chair do then? From the perspective of what we're seeing them do, they have that same across the government view, but with the exact opposite goal in mind. We've, we've seen some increased momentum from green groups um, in terms of fighting Trump administration nominees. We've seen some maybe environmentalists emboldened about Andrew Wheeler, hoping they can he'll have a similar fate to Kathleen Hartnett White. Um, do you think she's a, a one-off, or is this a sign that um, environmentalists and Democrats strategy is working and they might be able to unseat some more of these nominees? I think there are two pieces here. First of all, the combination of Administrator Pruitt and all the extreme actions he's taken at EPA with Secretary Perry and Secretary Zinke. I mean, this has been an across-the-board assault, which really was awakening to the entire environmental movement, to the senators who are reasonable on the Hill that this administration had to be stopped. So Kathleen Hartnett White was the person who paid the price for the terrible environmental agenda that the Trump administration has been driving. So I would love to see that there is increased momentum that we're able to stop uh, other nominees. But then the other side of this is the politics that came into play here. And it was very clear that Administrator Pruitt, despite his recent comments, is close to the administration. And when Senator Carper said, look, I'm not letting any EPA nominees move forward unless Kathleen Hartnett White withdraws, within a matter of hours, the White House backed down. Because I'm sure Pruitt said, who is this person? He didn't even know in the hearing who she was. Why is she standing in the way of me being able to drive forward my agenda? So Administrator Pruitt is still very powerful. That's interesting. It's interesting, too, in the context of Kathleen Hartnett White being a, a Rick Perry ally, if this is sort of Pruitt uh, winning and, and per Perry losing on that front. Definitely. Definitely a juxtaposition of those two cabinet officials and who's close to the administration, who's really moving forward on their agenda aggressively. Interesting. Okay, well, we'll let you go. Thank you so much. That's it for the climate lead. Follow all the budget stories on climate at eenews.net. We'll see you next week.